to the boot. That's right, it's the boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week, Kenna and I talk about one of the greatest movies ever made with Rudy, the Rudy Giuliani story starring James Woods, Penelope Ann Miller, and a whole host of stable geniuses. What? Is there another Rudy movie? Oh, that Rudy, yeah. I'm going to uh, pretend like I didn't even laugh. <laughs> like you just did that whole thing and it wasn't even worth it. <laughs> we are talking about the 1993 football classic Rudy starring Sean Astin, John Favreau, Charles S. Dutton, Scott Benjaminson, and Ned Beatty. Man, I cried four different times in this movie. And it was worth what it. What were all of them? Name them. When uh, the friend dies. Okay. When he... Wow, that's early on. Yeah. But okay. it's like he's the only person in the world who believes in him. He dies instantly. Who's the second one? The second one is when he comes home and he finds out that his brother is dating his ex-girlfriend. Mm. <laughs> the second one is when he finally gets accepted to Notre Dame. That one's the big waterworks one. And oh. then finally, in the end, when he runs on the field and he's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. She's just like, oh my god. He's full on Arsenio arm. Yeah. Going on to the field. He's part of the dog pound, yeah. <laughs> I cried once, and it's because when men cry, I get really emotional. So when he finds out he's going to Notre Dame, he breaks down. I lose And it. he doesn't even read it out loud. He just quietly just says it, and you just hear the word accepted, and you're like, <laughs> You think I want to become a priest? Why are you here? I want to go to school at Notre Dame. <laughs> This university, it's not for everybody. Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to go to school here. And ever since I was a kid, everyone said it, it couldn't be done. My whole life, people have been telling me what I could do and couldn't do. I've always listened to them, believed in what they said. I don't want to do that anymore. Who would win in a fight? Rudy Rudiger or Samwise Genji? Honestly, as much heart as Rudy has... Sam, for sure. But Rudy has the reach on him. Sam carried Frodo up the last part of that mountain. We underestimate his strength. Guys, welcome to The Boot, a movie reboot podcast where I, Brian Flynn, and my co-host, Kenna Trent, take a classic Hollywood film, pick five characters from that film, and recast it as if the movie was to be remade today. You know what we're doing. We're doing Rudy, 1993 football classic because bam, bam, bada, bam, 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 football season's back. <laughs> Oh my Kenna's excited, for sure. Uh, we haven't done a sports movie in a long time, and I thought this one would at least ride that beautiful line of not really about sports and mm. more about, like, the person Have who... Have we ever? No. League of Their Own? Definitely. Oh, and then we tried to do Varsity Blues? Yeah. So I thought this would at least be... Better you know. than Varsity Blues? <laughs> yes. You don't have to try hard to be better like, than that. would be better than Varsity Blues. <laughs> Um, but before we get into the movie, Rudy, we are going to talk about some uh, actual reboot news that's uh, dropped in the last couple weeks. Uh, the first one being the big reboot news, Matrix 4, officially go with Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss. And now I think it's updated to both Wachowskis. I, maybe? People keep saying, like, no, they're both back. They're both back. I'm like, well... The article said only Lana. And they were like, nope, both of them are back. Oh, I think that's what I had heard initially because they were saying that Lily was just like commenting on it. Oh, I don't know. So I don't know. Guaranteed half of Wachowski is there. Yeah. Rumors that both are back. No rumors about uh, Larry Fish or Hugo Weaves. But uh, <laughs> like Hugo Weaves, they've retired from blockbuster movies, so I doubt he'll be there. But 
Didn't um, he just do the more? What was that called? The Mortal Engines? Did he? Yeah. That's also a Chowski movie, right? Well, I don't know. No, is that a Peter Jackson movie? He's in both camps. He's in both camps. Good for him. I think it's Peter Jackson. So there's no story details, right? But as you may have recalled from our beautiful sequels month where we yeah. talked about Matrix 2 and kind of 3, uh, those movies were pretty much wrapped up with pretty much both of these actors, the characters these actors are portraying, dead as doornails. Oh, no. It's all right. I've done all that I can do. Now you have to do the rest. You have to save Zion. I can't. But without you. What's the deal, Kenna? I, What's the pitch? Honestly, I, I think we pitched this when we did sequels month. I think the pitch is that this needs to be about the architect and the oracle. Because we know some – they have history. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what that history is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that has to do with Neo and Trinity or anybody else. Yeah. But here's the lesson that we haven't learned. Memories are short because the second Matrix movie was the most successful theatrically. Mm -hmm. And then the third one had a huge drop off because the second one was so bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why would you make more? Yeah. And they're why would, so, they were, the sequels were really bad. They're very bad. And why would you uh, make, there's, there's something to be said that like the Matrix franchise could have steam in it in a certain capacity. Like obviously the Matrix wasn't destroyed. There's like this new alliance between man and machine. Obviously you could craft some story with things after that. You could craft some story like a prequel before that. But they're bringing these iconic actors back to reprise their iconic roles again. And that, to me, is a red flag that it's like, oh, maybe the Matrix is actually a Matrix and a Matrix. And then when they're both dead, they just both wake up to a different level. And then there's, like, different levels to the Matrix. And it just becomes, like, Inception at that point. And then it's just like, well, how far does it go? This is definitely a reaction to the fact that there has been a Keanu Reeves. But. The keanu sans. He has so much to give. Why are we going backwards? <laughs> I don't know. What well, it's happening. And it's probably sooner than later, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna do what that you have you heard about that girl who's like uh, on a hunger strike outside Netflix because she wants the OA to come back. <laughs> no. I'm gonna do that, but I'm gonna go on a hunger strike and make sure that they don't make this movie. Oh yeah. I'm I'm holding out for BSD two. Bram Stoker's Dracula two. <laughs> Where he gets to redeem himself for that role of Jonathan. To to Budapest. 25th May, Budapest. Left Budapest early this morning. Budapest. (laughs) I need need him to try a British accent (laughs) again. Uh, Okay, let's move on to this article. This is all you. We all know. We're sort of revisiting old episodes here. We are. Listen. all you. Listen, we made this because we knew this was going to happen. We knew people were going to want to remake movies. And so we're just doing as the market demands. So, guys, there's going to be a Practical Magic prequel on HBO Max. Are you ready for this? I don't really know what HBO Max is. I don't either. I think it has something to do with Warner Brothers as well as HBO And there being a whole connection? I don't know. But 
in case you forgot, we did a Practical Magic episode. And in case you forgot, Brian hated Practical Magic. <laughs> but guess what? He's wrong. So uh, the prequel series is going to focus on another book in this series of magic books by Alice Hoffman called Rules of Magic. Set in New York in the 60s, the series follows three siblings, Franny, Jet, and Vincent Owens, who wrestle with abnormalities that have kept them isolated. But the tumultuous times unearth the extraordinary discovery that they are, in fact, descendants of the bloodline of witches, which, if you are familiar with the movie, Fran and Jet become the aunts in Practical Magic. You know the only curse in this family? She's sitting right down there at the end of the table. Oh, come on, Jetty. Even you have to admit that any man who gets involved with an Owens woman is bound to end up six feet under. I think, like, some dark magic kind of lady uh, escapades late 60s period piece would be fun. Yeah, those characters as, like, as a sort of weird version of, like, sex in the city and, like, self-discovery. Like, I'd watch that. I'm seeing it as, like, the deuce meets true blood. (laughs) (laughs) yikes two shows i've never watched (laughs) you're thinking the deuce as in like the vision for it being a period piece i'm thinking deuce bigelow male gigolo (laughs) starring rob schneider okay sure uh is that it yep that's it all right enough of that let's talk about this fantasy recast of a movie that probably shouldn't be rebooted but uh you ready to talk about this movie yeah let's do it Guys, this is a reboot of Rudy. So you didn't make the dress list. There are greater tragedies in the world. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad to prove to everyone that I worked. What? That I was somebody. Oh, you are so full of crap. You're five feet nothing, a hundred and nothing, and you got hardly a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in with the best college football team in the land for two years. And you're also going to walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. And after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, it ain't going to never happen. Uh, Rudy, directed by David Anspaugh, director of such other movies as Hoosiers. <laughs> it's the only other movie I really that was on his IMDb. Um, he directed a couple episodes of St. Elsewhere, the television show with oh, Denzel Washington. Good for him. Um, star Sean Astin as Dan Rudy Rudiger, John Favreau as D-Bob, Charles S. Dutton as Fortune, Scott Benjaminson as Frank Rudiger, his shitty older brother, and Ned Beatty as Daniel Rudiger Sr., his dad. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about this movie. Yeah. I'm just going to come out and say... This movie probably shouldn't be rebooted. No. It's very hard to reboot a very successful biopic. Mm -hmm. This movie is stuck in a time capsule, not just about the time period it was made, but the time period it exists in. Mm -hmm. Um, It's still an emotional masterpiece. I think, weirdly, a lot of men sort of look to this movie for a a good old cry. (laughs) Just to be like, what is it like to feel again? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so this was hard. This was really tricky. Like, uh, I, I tried to go down several different strange routes to figure out what this movie would look like today. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to go really bananas with it. And then I just kept thinking about it more and more. And I was like, I probably have to dial it back a little bit. Well, how did you find Recast? I am curious what you mean by, like, crazy. 
Because you were like, I'm going pretty wild with I, this uh, cast. Okay, yeah, I was trying to pick, you know, uh, I was trying to put this movie into today by saying something that what would be inspirational today, essentially. Like, what would it be inspirational oh. today? So I just started thinking of like different kinds of casts. Like, would this movie work as just like um, an all female cast? Would this movie work with like an all Asian cast? Would this movie work... If the protagonist was uh, even slightly more athletic than Sean Astin is portrayed in this movie, would this movie work <laughs> if they were, like, disabled? Would they, this movie work if they were blah, 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 blah? And the more I kind of kept trying to go uh-huh. out, the more I just kind of felt like the core of this movie is an underdog story. Yeah. And that's really all that matters. So as soon as I figured that out, I was like, ah, okay, well... Let's just go with that. I stayed pretty standard because I agree that I don't think this movie can exist outside of its like little box mm-hmm. that it sits in, which is fine. We probably shouldn't remake it, but that's fine. There is a prevailing thread storyline okay. in American football, probably only one of the only uplifting stories maybe out there about the NFL um, or football in general is that – We are slowly, slowly marching towards a day when females Mm -hmm. can play in the NFL. And we have crossed the bridge with female collegiate athletes playing in college football. Kicker Becca uh, Becca Longo was the first woman to receive a college scholarship in 2018 to attend Adams State. Uh, She left school after an injury and is currently training in Arizona. There is uh, a lady by the name of Antoinette Harris... To receive the first woman to receive a scholarship to play a non-kicking role, she plays free safety. She's coming out of East LA College. She will attend Central Methodist University. So, I thought like that is that's an interesting storyline. Okay, woman who grows up loving the game of football, maybe not so much tied to the school of Notre Dame, but mm-hmm. grows up loving football, wants to be in it, and the sort of same under underdog story of people telling her no, it's not possible, or. Like we were talking earlier, like maybe don't play because you're going to get, you know, brain damage by doing so. So I ended up picking a a woman who's played a lot of tough roles who I thought could hang in with, you know, a group of meathead football players. Okay. And could still maybe, maybe inspire us in some way about this one-minded focused dream that Rudy had to play football. I picked Chloe Grace Moretz. Okay. She's very small. She's very small. The actresses that were on my short list, and I don't mean that ironically, were like <laughs> much shorter in stature. There's something about Rudy being shorter that I was like, I'm I kind of have to. Genuinely concerned about a woman of her stature being snapped like a twig. Don't you understand, man? If you don't cool it out there, you're going to end up getting yourself killed. If I cool it, I won't be helping you guys get ready for the next week's games. Got it? I can't say it enough, ladies. I love it if you love football. But pl- just leave it to the men to beat each other up. Oh. Because honestly. Leave it to the men. That's what they're doing. They're beating each other up. Listen, I told you, I just watched mm-hmm. a 60 Minutes about Tim Green, who has ALS, and he gave an interview to 60 Minutes like years ago when he was playing about how he's like, I think nobody who plays football cares that in like, they're probably shaving off 20 years of their life. Like, mm-hmm. nobody cares that they're probably going to die early because of whatever, like, health problem they have. I just, but I, I appreciate that you have a vision for this. I have a very clear vision for this. <laughs> um, and I'm happy with it. 
And I think she, I think she would be great. And the thing that's really hard about this that Sean Astin, I don't, I don't know why he, he has such a quality about him in like the two big movies that he. I mean, we're not going to count Goonies because he's like eight in that movie, but like hit, hit this and Lord of the Rings. It's like you root for him so goddamn hard mm-hmm. for from the beginning of these movies. That He's it's, very endearing. It's hard to replace that. Yeah. That's the hardest part about this movie is like, how do you get someone that the audience would immediately be like, I like this person. I'm rooting for this person. I want this person to win. Man, they're almost psychotic to a point. But like when they finally get it. <laughs> to a point. Yeah. You you realize how much it means to them. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that he is somewhat typecast as a bit of a bulldog when it comes to his life visions. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he's typecast as small. <laughs> I don't know if that has ever bothered five, him. He's 5'8", isn't he? Five, I think 5'7". Oh. I turned on Rudy a little bit in the middle of the movie. <laughs> oh, no. Because I was like, I mean, I know he's going to succeed. I've seen this movie before. <laughs> but I just wanted to be like, can we get him like some help? Like, Why isn't the priest giving him any sort of spiritual advice that's like, I mean, maybe you should – you know, have other dreams. Maybe you should find some other interests. Well, the, Maybe one this is all does, about Notre the, Dame. The one in the beginning does when he takes him off the bus. He's like, look, sometimes things aren't going to work out for some people. Yeah. But it's wrapped in this thing that's like, just be okay to settle. And I think that's like, well, that's bad right. advice. But I also really enjoyed that part where like he's talking to the guy who's like dad was a legacy. And so he's playing, but he like doesn't really want to be there on like the prep team or uh-huh. whatever. And so he's like, You're John Wayne bullshit out there. It's making us all look bad. So won't you dial it down a notch? It's not worth it, you know? You got to be in at least one play during a regular season game to go down on the books as officially being part of this team. Man, if you hate it so much, why don't you just quit? He asks him, like, so why do you stay? And he's like, well, I have to stay on the team so my dad will pay my tuition. And Rudy's like, is that why you're here? And I was like, so he can go to college? Yes, Rudy. This man wants to get an education. Well, not to get all Bernie Sanders on everybody, but college back in 1974 cost, what, $20 and a sandwich? Like, it, yeah. it wasn't. You could work a you could work a part-time job and <laughs> pay for college. Um, Who'd you pick? Uh, okay, so I went very traditional, and what was kind of difficult was looking for small actors because I was like, I feel like there should be someone who's like a little who's not like so diminutive, but just like a little tiny person. Like mm-hmm. you, you want to get the feeling when they're on the field with all the really big players that yeah, he doesn't stand a chance. Um, so I picked Ty Sheridan mm-hmm. of. X-Men's of Ready Player One. Yeah. Um, he crossed my mind. I like how your criteria was like short actors. Short guys. And then you got mad at me because like my pick, who's a female, is also probably his same height. I doubt that. <laughs> and I'm going to look it up right now. <laughs> what if Ty Sheridan was 6'2"? You can see it. <laughs> She's 5'4". Five, five, yeah. He's 5'7". Three inches. One abs. <laughs> One of us. I- it's difficult, though. I actually got on this whole thing of looking up actors who I thought were short and mm-hmm. was shocked at the number of men who were like 5'10". And I was like, what? You seem so small, Michael Sheen. <laughs> um, it's true. I but- was cast an actress. Then I looked at her height. She was 4'11". I was like, that's way too far. Like, You're just so much smaller so than tiny. you think. Um, 
No, he's great. but I, yeah, I think he's great. There is this sort of like category of, of actor, I think, that he fits in along with maybe like a, like a Dylan Minnette, a Logan Lerman, you know, they're mm-hmm. all sort of similar, but, um, I don't know. I think he's sort of, sort of making a way for himself. I don't really know what that is other than, you know. X-Men, but I liked Ready Player One. I don't know. He's got a little bit of an underdog, like, yeah. like you're, you're, you want to root for him because yeah. he's a little unassuming, a mm-hmm. little, unassuming um, is a good word, a little yeah. like small in the, in the, in the sense of presence. Yeah. And so when, then when he's on the field and for some reason he's like insane. You calling him shy now just changed his name to Shy Teradin in my in my mind. Shy. So forever I'm just gonna be like, oh, it's old Shy Teradin. Shy Teradin. Let's move on to D Bob, played by the John Favreau, King of Hollywood right now. Who okay. Could we tell in this movie that Favs would one day rule Hollywood? No. Maybe. <laughs> how did could you, we, could how we, did you know? Could we tell that Vince Vaughn would be a problem a hundred percent? Is Vince Vaughn a problem? Uh, kind of. Currently? Didn't what, he get what, arrested for, what like, don't I know drunk about driving? Him? Oh, I mean. He's, like, a big gun guy, so he's apparently on set. He's always talking about, like, Second Amendment rights, and people are like, oh, Vince, right, Vince. It's okay to like guns, but, like, calm down. Yeah. I didn't take a lot of notes for this movie, but I just wrote down at one point, John Favreau's character's name is D-Bob. Yeah, and I didn't look into why. I don't want to know. <laughs> Who apparently is a real person, because on the, in the. Well, you can't make up D-Bob. <laughs> no, you can't. Nobody's that creative. You learn stenography or what? Everything is Malvin's in the goddamn book. I gotta make an A in this class. Just remember you're at Zitz and Laban and it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, I mean, this character is, could have been utilized more. I mean, we like him because he likes Rudy. And girls. <laughs> <laughs> there is something really lovely about... When he leaves and then when he comes back and he's, like, in a big coat, he's got his, like, mm-hmm. arm around his girl. They're, like, drinking champagne. Like, D-Bob <laughs> went all out for the occasion D-Bob to come see. Yeah. To use his – all his new Miami – Law money. Law money <laughs> to come see Rudy play. Yeah. I mean, it's endearing. But, like, at the same time, we don't know enough about him to care Right. What we do know is that Rudy gets a new friend after the tragic death of his only friend. Yeah. He had to have friend. He needed a friend. He needed friend. A friend. Even Mary, <laughs> the the girl, like the booster club manager or whatever, man, she turned on him so hard. Just like, Which so like hard. real missed opportunity because I feel like we see she's like his way into this thing and is like, you're not a student. Get out of here. Get out of here. Ray. And then. When she, when he sees her again, is like, oh, hey, look at me. Like, I'm a student now. Yep. And then nothing. And then she's gone. She's doesn't matter. She's not even at the game at the end, I don't think. No, we don't get, no. It's just. I don't know. People come in and out of this movie in a way that makes no sense. But whatever. It's somebody's life. So I guess. <laughs> who did you pick? Anyway, so for my D-Bob, I wanted to pick someone who was, who could be uh, a chum. Mm-hmm. And be a little a little funny. I think those are really the only qualifications. Yeah, probably. So I picked Will Poulter. Oh, okay. I like Why? him for this. He's a chummy guy. Is he? Yeah, for sure. 
I've only seen him in the in the Maze Runner trilogy, and he's not a chummy guy in that. In fact, he's kind of the Judas of the whole crew. You okay? Please don't explain any more about the Maze Runner. <laughs> um, <laughs> Would you have done this podcast if you knew how many Maze Runner references I'd have to throw out? No, I wouldn't be your friend if I knew, <laughs> if I had known initially how much you liked the Maze Runner. Oh, I um, don't like it. I've just it. <laughs> wow. He just turned real quick. Um, but no, you saw Midsummer. You saw... I didn't see Midsummer. Oh. It's still been weeks huh. since I, I... Well, get ready because that director's cut's coming out and it is three hours long. Oh, boy. Um, no, but you, you didn't see like We're the Millers or... I did see that. I saw Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. You've, seen, you've seen him in stuff. I know of him, yeah. But I think he would be a really fun sort of like small addition because that's the thing is all because this movie features so many characters that sort of like come in and out of his life mm-hmm. that we we recast Bob because he is kind of big and it's also john favreau but like this movie if it were big enough would be uh perfect for the opportunity to just bring in random celebrities yeah. to have them sort of encounter him at different points yeah. but yeah why not i think he's a great actor and i think he would be a great personality because that's the big thing, is John Favreau comes in and is sort of like, oh, hey, I'll help you out if you help me out. Yeah. I don't know any of the girls here at Holy Cross. What's your point? Maybe, well, maybe you can... What? Just introduce me to I don't know any girls here. So be it. And then in the end, ultimately, Rudy doesn't help him solve his problem, so whatever. He, he kind of does. But he just, like... Is just like with this woman at the end. But Rudy's not there to – is Rudy there to get him a date or Rudy's just there to introduce him to women? I thought Rudy was there to get him a date. Well, Rudy can't do everything. <laughs> Which is also weird to just be like, hey, I don't know you, but like here's my thing. <laughs> and I like how it was just like D-Bob saw Rudy talk to one girl and, and was, was like, just like this, this guy. guy knows what he's doing. Um, that's a good pick. Here's what I know. Okay. A lovelorn John Favreau uh-huh. just works. Yeah. It worked then. It works now. Oh, Spider-Man okay. Far From Home. <laughs> it crushes it. Um, ap- ap- I guess apropos of that, but this is this is sort of a coincidence. I picked this actor as sort of the chummy sidekick and then realized, ah, oh, there is a John Favreau connection. I picked Spider-Man Far From Home co-star Tony Revolori. That's a good choice. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I see that. Other works include the movie Dope, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, mm-hmm. Spider-Man Homecoming. I mean. <laughs> What's that movie where he like goes on a road trip with Jason Manzukis? That was a cute movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched the trailer, but I forget. That something Mile? Is it the, the Longest Mile? The Shortest Mile? No, the Longest mi- The Longest Yard is a football movie. <laughs> I don't really know. Oh, we should have done The Longest Yard. That would be oh, fun. Yeah. I mean, I guess they remade it like in the early aughts, but yeah. whatever. Next season. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I just thought like he's someone who immediately you're like, oh, I like him. He could be, you know, that kind of nerdy friend to, who makes yeah. that deal. There's something a little like dopey about him. Mm-hmm. No, he's great. Yeah, thanks. Nailed it. Let's move on. I mean, there's nothing really more to talk about D-Bob other than the fact that- D-Bob isn't a real character. That John Favreau is very charming, and this is the movie where he, I think he met Vince Vaughn, and they decided to make Swingers, and then their careers just sort of took off. Um, Let's talk about Fortune, played by Charles S. Dutton. 
Um, let me ask you this question. Is okay. Fortune a magical black male character? Is he like that stereotype? Yeah, because his only – we don't know anything about – like we find out in the end that he played football but never got – I don't know. He was he arrogant. Sat the, yeah. yeah, he rode the pine. I rode the bench for two years. Thought I wasn't being played because of my color. I got filled up with a lot of attitude. So I quit. Still not a week goes by, I don't regret it. And I guarantee a week won't go by in your life. You won't regret walking out, letting them get the best of you. You hear me clear enough. I always think of this trope as like Bagger Vance. Like the guy who like appears from nowhere and is just like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to take you under my wing and show you how to be a man, be a an athlete be a, a and hero I th- and i think that is I, because i think the part of the trope is ultimately that like it's not like they're their own character it's more like they're just at the service of like the white characters yeah in I the movie and i i do think he sort of falls under that in that i mean he's the real hero of the story because he does way more than he needs to to help mm. rudy just kind of out of nowhere because yeah he gets to know him and is kind of just like endeared to him and so he's like i I just kind of want to help him but there's also like sort of slyly giving him a place to stay yeah that kind of business going on like he just does like he does a lot there's a bitterness to fortune that i really like like that we find out why he's kind of like that later Mm -hmm. that it's like oh he missed his opportunity and then he's not gonna let rudy miss his opportunity like that's the knowledge he passes on. So I like that kind of, if he is a magical black man mm-hmm. archetype, yeah. I do like how it's unwilling in some ways. It's like he doesn't really give a shit about Rudy either way, but Rudy's such a pest that he's like, all right, fine. I wanted to pick okay. a, a, an actor that I thought would be perfect for this. He okay. He's perfect for this. He has played a former football star. Okay. He is an Oscar award winner. Okay. He has lost years of limelight through poor movie choices. And I was like, this would be a great way to put him and people would be like, oh man, like what is he doing here? And then I Googled him and found out that he is currently being arraigned for a groping (gasps) charge. Oh no. So I replaced him with Don Cheadle (laughs) for two reasons. Wait, who was it? Cuba. Oh, I didn't know about yeah, the... It happened like two weeks ago. But yeah, he's kind of got that. Yeah. Uh, should have known. Two reasons. People love Don Cheadle. Yes. And second, he is the motherfucking king. He is so good. Mm-hmm. I love Don Cheadle. Yeah, he's great. You got a problematic actor? Get Don Cheadle out here. <laughs> every, every movie Johnny Depp is currently in production for... Get rid of him. If Don the, Cheadle. If Don Cheadle became Grindelwald, <laughs> I'd you, be like, would, you yeah. would be like, oh my God. This I'm going so to amazing. see this insane version of this Harry Potter. But here's the thing. He did do a British accent for Ocean's Eleven. Oceans. Yeah. I'd revisit that. I'd revisit that accent for yeah. sure. Um, no, I think he's. I think he's great. And for the fact that he's essentially playing – a magic black man mm-hmm. character. I feel like you need to get someone who can who can give it a little more oomph. This entire year has been a waste. Uh, waste, huh? You got your head so far up your ass about that damn football team. You don't get the fact. You just got one year of top quality education. Waste. Don't be wasting my time. 
This is what I'm also thinking about Fortune because I don't love the idea that Fortune is sort of like the grounds manager or I don't know what you call it. The like a, He's not really an equipment manager either. Facilities? He, he's like a facilities administrator or something yeah. like that. I, I I was trying to find positions in the school where he could be that would be, I don't know, a little more academic. Oh, interesting. Um, I think like what? like maybe like a student counselor or something like that. Like maybe he could share more duties of like Father Callahan mm. in this sort of modern version. It is nice that there's a closeness to actual football. Mm-hmm. The sort of like he's at. He's like trying to get into a practice and runs up upon a, the facilities guy and is mm-hmm. like, hey, I'll work for – like there is a sort of yeah. coincidence to that that makes sense mm-hmm. um, and a convenience to that. But yeah, also now I'm curious because if he's like a – we read somewhere that he's a combination of like three different characters. Who were those people in right. his life? Like what did they – was right. this a story device or was this an actual – thing that happened um so for my fortune which i mean his name's fortune that's probably not his given name i should have been like is this a magical black man it's like the name the character's name name is is fortune Fortune. (laughs) yeah there's Um, some magic here magic um so for my fortune i picked common because he's very inspirational that's an Awesome pick. Yeah. That he's is, very inspirational. Oh, man. Would he just read poetry? To he really just has time? like a calming demeanor. But at the same time, at the end, when he's like, give it your chance, like <laughs> I, you would pay attention because you'd be yeah. like, oh, he's mad. Would he slow clap <laughs> at the end too? That, 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 that like. <laughs> that like angry clap that Fortune does that he's like. Yeah, he has to. I wonder in cinema what the first instance of a slow clap was. Hmm. Where did we get it from? I bet Chap- Chaplin did it. <laughs> I'm sure Jamil was slow clapping. I bet Mary through. Pickford was like <laughs> title card clap clap clap. That's a great pick. Common is a great pick. I'm pissed. I didn't think about it, but I got cheats. No you one calls him cheats. Do we? Here's call the him thing. Cheats is great, but would he write an inspirational song for a movie like this? You definitely know that, like. Common and John Legend would get together to write <laughs> to a, write a, a song, song for Rudy. Rudy. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Let's move on to Frank, the fake brother that kept shitting all over Rudy's the dream. Fake brother. I just kept thinking, like, who, like, who did Frank so wrong as a child that made him this way? Like, what happened to him? What happened to this this bitter man? I feel like I I have trouble relating to him but then I'm like it might just be because my family's fairly small and so it's one of those things where like if I hated my brother it would just be super weird Mm -hmm. for no reason but it's almost like a large Catholic family maybe he just got lost along the way as someone who's from a large Catholic family not my immediate family but I have like 90 cousins in both directions Mm -hmm. uh, this shit fucking happens like you just if you just become like one of nine there's there's guaranteed one of those siblings is just going to be an antagonist for your whole life. There's just always an element of competition, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to like if you have the kind of personality where like you don't have high ambition, but you sort of wish you did. Mm -hmm. You're going to get all kinds of mad at the person who will move heaven and earth to do whatever it is they want to do. That's why I love the bar scene when him and what's Rudy's friend's name? I always forget. Um, because I, I want to Pete. Talk, Pete, because I, where like Pete is like, 
He stands up for Rudy. He's the only person who has ever stood up for Rudy. And I actually kind of think there's like a shot of them as kids where like Rudy's giving the speech and Pete's looking up at him like, I am in love with this boy. And then it cuts to them as adults. And Pete is like, I got you a Notre Dame jacket. I saw it. That was, was really like, nice. It was really nice. I'm sure it was expensive. I was in Gary and I saw it in the surplus store. And I said, that's got to be yours. This is unbelievable. Pete, I don't know how I'm ever going to thank you. How's it look? You were born to wear that jacket. Yeah, but I'm also like, I think Pete's in love with Rudy. Oh, I'd watch that movie. Yeah. I think Pete's in love with Rudy. Maybe Rudy was in love with Pete or something like that. And then then Pete jumped literally into the fire for Rudy. (gasps) And it's really sad. But, like, everything that he says about Frank is so biting. It's just like, you had the talent. Coach said that you could be all all state or all district or whatever. He said your problem, you were lazy. And it's just like, man, yeah, compared to Rudy, you are lazy. Because every time we see him, he's just like, he's either sitting or, like, on the couch, I think. Yeah. Like when, he, when Rudy comes home for Christmas. Shrewd filmmaking he's choice. Like, he's just like on the couch. He's not moving ever. All right. Who's turn But it's it? not him. It isn't Frank who's dating. No. Johnny's dating. Lily Taylor. Yeah. Johnny dates his. Okay. And there's too many kids in this family. Yeah. Um, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Okay. So for my Frank, I picked someone who I thought could be a real douche. Mm-hmm. But ultimately support his brother in the end. Mm-hmm. Because they're family. A big Josh Hutcherson. Oh, uh, yeah, I like that pick. Josh Hutcherson ten years ago would have been Rudy, Rudy. Yeah. for sure. And I think that's why I picked him because I remember looking him up for Rudy, and then I was like, mm, it's too I should, old. I don't know if he gives off a, a youthful enough vibe at this point, mm-hmm. but I think he does give up a, off a vibe of being that guy who who you know graduated high school, but like. Mm-hmm. never left his hometown and still yeah. talks about it all the time. You know what I'm saying? I feel like this is personal. <laughs> I think this is personal between you and Josh Hutcherson right now. Maybe. I've heard stories about him. He's from Kentucky. I had friends who went to high school with him. Yeah. I remember you telling me someone. Who he might be like, a real douche. This, I don't this, know. This seems like, uh, <laughs> seems like a real personal thing between Kenna and Josh Hutcherson. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a great pick. I think it, especially since it's like I, I was looking at him and I was like, man – Ten years ago, he could have been Rudy. So now you put him in the older brother position, and you can play that like wash of envy, like yeah. really well. Just like the um, the resentment that Frank yeah. just irradiates constantly is so like when he just tells him to just like give up all the time. You're just like Frank. God, man, stop being such a fucking asshole as long as my brother talks this crazy notre dame shit he deserves anything that comes his way hey you were a pretty big notre dame fan yeah i used to collect baseball cards too have a coke and a smile once frank god wow. damn <laughs> oh my god he just drives me so crazy as the younger brother in my family i, mm-hmm. I just hate frank hate him and johnny's a douche too <laughs> listen he, he can't help it that no, I mean, I guess it's kind of off limits. Like, he never should have dated his I mean, his I get it's like a one-horse but... town, but, like, it doesn't mean you have to date the horse. Like, it's just – that was really rude. Yeah, let's <laughs> – we'll cut that out. I didn't mean it like that. You know, I just meant that, like, you know, fish. There's more – there's plenty of fish in the sea is really – even in a tiny it just pond. Lends, it just lends the idea that he was eyeing his girlfriend the, the whole time. The whole time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, for my Frank, I picked a young actor who is uh, in the news for um, the show that he is on, one of the popular shows that he is in. I don't watch the show, so I had to really watch as much of his shit from the show as okay. I possibly could. And he plays kind of a douche in this thing, but I picked Justin Prentice from 13 Reasons Why, okay. who plays the character Bryce, who is, spoiler alert, was recently killed off and I oh. think is the epitus for season three. Oh, okay. Um, but all the clips that I see of him, he's just like a big old prick who plays hmm. high school football. Oh, okay. Um, but I, he he gives off this vibe as like big older brother. And it was important to me about Frank, especially since I cast a female Rudy, mm-hmm. is that Frank remain a man. I don't know why, but I was just like, there's something different about a female, like something different about an older sister bullying you for playing football. That seems more like teasing. Yeah. As opposed to an older brother who's who's like chiding you for playing football that seems more personal because frank's not like you're dumb like that's not what he's saying what he's saying is you should give up because i don't want you to succeed yes and i think that was important to keep frank a guy in that respect i've seen him play a piece of shit really well in in clips of this show and i watched interviews with him where he seems like a genuinely nice guy and also i you know I trust you every had actor. To check. I, you had to check to make sure. I know that's so stupid. I'm like the <laughs> actors that obviously can do a, a myriad of. He different seems things. like he can play a jerk, but if he's a jerk in real life, he's out. He's out. I haven't seen Thirteen Reasons Why, so I All don't right. think I know him. But oh, I'm sure he's great. He, as long as you've assured me that he's a nice guy in real life, I'm good. <laughs> Let's move on to Daniel Rudiger. Daniel Senior, I'm assuming, because there's no junior or senior assigned. They could be the fourth and fifth. They could be oh, that's true. A chain of Daniel Rudigers, um, played by Ned Beatty. Beatty, Beatty, Ned Beatty, um, famous for his roles in such movies as Superman and Superman two and three and four. I don't remember. I don't remember <laughs> the Superman movies that well. Um, I went with. Tell me. Well, oh, sorry. Before that. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so I had this idea for the dad. Okay. Uh, first of all, you have to be one real shitty dad to not support your kid's dream. Yeah. Like, you really have to be, like, that Especially when they're scene, not, like, asking you for money. Like, yeah. he, like, Rudy truly goes after this himself. Yeah. I mean, this is a real bootstraps fucking movie, right? Yeah. And his dad is such a buzzkill at that bus stop. Chasing a stupid dream causes nothing but you and everyone around you heartache. Notre Dame is for rich kids, smart kids, great athletes. It's not for us. Yeah. He's just like, I had a dad. My dad had a dream. He had a farm and a bunch of cows. Within a year, those cows were dead, and he was gone, and I had to. I was separated from my family. Look what dreams do to you! And you're like, what the fuck? Like, what is happening? And it makes it really sours the moment when he brings him his like acceptance letter, mm-hmm. because I'm not like, oh yeah, like finally. I'm like, should it be like this? Where the when he has it in his hand, like he has no faith in his son. It's only when he holds the acceptance letter in his hands that he's like, my son. My son's going to Notre Dame. Like, 
like that's I was good, like, that's a good impression. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like I want to be like, no, that's not very nice. Like yeah. he shouldn't have to prove anything to you. Right. Just support him, and if he fails, who cares? Right. You supported him no matter what. So in my version, I had this idea that like since Rudy is now a lady and she's trying to break that gender barrier. There, the love of this game must have come from somewhere. And I don't, I don't love the idea that it's like, in this family, we only watch one team. We're a Notre Dame fan and we're only rooting for the Irish. And it, it, to me, it felt like, what if there was a personal connection with her in this game? Like maybe her father played football. Maybe he's the one who instilled that passion Mm. in her. So I reframed the dad as like this former player who's not concerned about her going after this dream because it'll kill all the cows on the farm, but rather because she's going to get hurt. Like, we can bring in the topic of, like, injury in football. Like, she's going to – you're going to get hurt. They're going to – they're going to hit you, attack you, and then off the field, they're going to come after you because they're guys and they're monsters. And, you know, so there's a different level to why the dad wouldn't want her to go Mm -hmm. as opposed to Frank, you know, because – it just sort of seems like everyone in their in Rudy's family fucking hates Rudy so much. <laughs> Is he the youngest? No, he's like the third oldest. See, that doesn't even make sense. Because when he comes home, there's all those kids, and I was like, oh, those are like his nieces. Oh, and right. Those are his he brothers has younger and brothers and sisters. Yeah, so it's yeah. like Johnny, Frank, Rudy, and then the other brood that yeah. we never really we don't care about. Yeah. Um. So I went with David Harbor from Stranger Things. Um. He kind of gave me the vibe of someone who's, like, built like a football player. Mm-hmm. He's probably a little, like, worn, you know, some wear and tear from the game. Probably someone who, you know, had to step away before he wanted to, but could also, like, realize, like, the danger of the game. Mm-hmm. I like David Harbour as an actor. Um, we've seen him play a father figure, a tough father figure on Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um. He's really bad at it, I would argue, being a father on the show. <laughs> well, that's the character. I mean, that's the way it's written, but do, did you watch, do better, did you Did you watch videos to make sure that David Harbour <laughs> is a good father in real life? No, well, I don't know. I don't think he has kids in real life, but he's a very nice person. Okay. I've seen videos of him. <laughs> he's a very nice person in interviews. Um, which, didn't he do the actors on actor, actors on actors thing with someone? And it was like a younger actor and there was just something so endearing about them talking. Who was that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no, he's great. I think what I'm hearing is that ultimately it would be best case scenario if uh, Rudy's dad is like brain dead. <laughs> That's the best case scenario? <laughs> yeah. So like he can't, you know. Speak? Yeah. He can't like get mad, but he's an inspiration. Okay. I mean, isn't that if he's a former football player, isn't that something that could happen to him? I guess. You know, not every football player is like – Completely debilitated. Like they, they all walk. Eh, in pain, I mean, but... you say that, but <laughs> I just want to. I just want to show people the reality of football. <laughs> Having played the game, I don't even yourself. have kids, and I'll found mothers <laughs> against football. Math. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just concerned citizens against football. Um, okay, so for my Daniel Rudiger. I picked an actor who I believe in and who I think is making bold choices at this stage in his career, and I want to support him wholeheartedly. And has full brain damage. (laughs) Debatable. I picked Dennis Quaid. Wow, I almost picked him. Damn it. I think – 
here's the thing about Dennis Quaid. I saw him in a random music video recently, and I was like, go huh? off, Dennis Quaid. What? Like, do him. It was for this, like, weird, like, 90s throwback country band that I'm currently obsessed with. Um, Midland. They just came out with an album. You should check it out. Okay. Um, but I was just like, yeah, I like that he's really just doing whatever. I saw The Intruder starring Dennis Quaid, um, Michael Ely, and Megan Good. And I honestly thought that as insane as that movie was written, he gives a great performance. And I was like, yeah, Dennis Quaid is great. He's fun to watch. Yeah. Let's just go for it. I want to see I want to see him make that turn of like concerned, frustrated dad to like crying in the stands. Like, that's my son. This is the most beautiful sight these eyes have ever seen. You ever seen the movie The Rookie? Yes. I mean, Dennis Quaid in a sports movie works. Yeah. So I'm in. I love Dennis yeah. Quaid. We uh, which reminds me, Inner Space has been on our list for this whole time. Yeah. And that that's a dumb movie that we could have fun with. Also, it just hit me that we did Dragonheart. That's why he's on the brain. Oh, yeah. So versatile. He's so versatile. Yeah. That's a great pick. Thank you. All right. Anything else that we should talk about or should we just get to our favorite? Let's get to the best part. Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? We have maybe one in three chance of picking the same character. Okay. <laughs> I like how, how confidently you approach this section most of the time. Should we say it at the same time to see if we did it? Yes. One, One two, two, three. three. Coach Dan Divine. Divine. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. So glad that worked. Um, I love that moment when you realize that Parsegian is out as the coach. Which shout out to Jason Miller. Yeah. yeah, yeah Incredible yeah. actor. Mm-hmm. Loved seeing him again. He's Immediately in the wanted to right? watch The Exorcist. Yeah. Are you watching The Bachelor at all, or Parrot Bachelor in Paradise at all? No, but if this is about Demi yeah. on The Bachelor, I yes. am familiar with her. Okay. Every time she comes on screen, I'm always just like, hey, Demi, <laughs> why did you do that to me, Demi? You're not my mother. Your mother's in here. Okay. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Your mother's in here with us. If, Demi. I wish we could do The Exorcist since that's how this whole podcast started. But. Yeah. Maybe for our hundredth. Which is coming up it's by the end up. of the year. Uh, no. no, by the beginning of, of the next year. of next year, we'll hit ninety. Yeah, so we're gonna have. But then it's like, what are we gonna do? Exorcist in January. Any time is a good time for the exorcist. <laughs> the The devil is real, Brian. Um, the devil is real, and he's come to take your coins. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a side story uh, for a later date. Um, great job. We picked the same guy. Yeah, we finally did it. Um, Again. I, have, I have no notes on this. I guess we could talk about Vince Vaughn for a little bit. Uh, What's – I don't – who is he? <laughs> he plays the fullback who gets into fights with Rudy at the, at the end. But then he uh, he's the guy on the field who's like – the quarterback's like, well, we're going to take a knee. We're going to get a victory formation. Take a knee. And then he's like, no, come on. we got to score for Rudy. Oh, okay. So they, yeah, they I didn't run, catch him. They run the flea flicker play. So they is, can score. Which is the play that they ran in practice that Rudy hits Vince Vaughn with at. What's your problem? What's your problem? Last practice of the season. And this asshole thinks it's the Super Bowl. Um, and I loved how he played a character that was like, you could have been all state. But you're lazy. And it's like a lot of lazy football players. <laughs> Huh. Really makes you think that there's a whole mental element that coaches have to put into getting people to try. I feel like we're we're about to get out of this podcast with you just saying how much you hate the game of football. I just wish. And now we're here. <laughs> 
And we failed. <laughs> okay, a one sentence. It blows my mind that we let children play any kind of football and yeah. that it instills in them. I just Do you even touch football. Yeah, because then they get the they get the bug. Yeah, but like, because I remember when I was in high school and my brother, who was a soccer player, played one season of football as a kicker, and my mom was freaking out the whole time. And I remember being like, "Why? It's just football." And now I'm like, "Yeah, don't let your kids play football." They gonna get hit. Mm-hmm. They gonna get sick. What if you? What if they? You know, if you're just like, don't play. If you want to play when you're 18, you can play when you're 18. And they're just like, great. And I mean, you can't do anything about it after that. That's true. But why? Why would you just like start playing football when you're 18? I think some people do. Like, huh? Late bloomers, like people, like seniors, people who've never played, they just start playing senior year. I mean, I'll go on a completely different tangent. I did write down that they should make a version of this movie that's set during the same time, but it's about a woman, and it's just people telling her she can't do anything. And she goes on to be like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> you mean that movie about Ruth Bader Ginsburg that they made? Because for men, it's like, eh, you're too small to play football at the same time. It's like, eh, you should just uh, stay home. For women. Oh, wait. Okay, you lost me there. I was like, well, <laughs> they did tell Rudy to stay home. All right. Anything else? Ooh, no, I really didn't take many notes. I mean, it's a pretty standard underdog story yeah. here. I'll say this. The music is fantastic. The music is good. Love the soundtrack to this music. I, I, for the last week, I've been, like, exercising to it. And I'm oh, like, wow. It works. It's really, it gets you. All right, let's get out of here. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this week on The Boot. If you like this episode, please check out our past episodes. Please check out our episode next week. Is it a great movie? Yeah. No. Uh, (laughs) But we're going to have lots to talk about. It's going to be super fun. Please tell your friends about us as well. Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. It's the best way to help us out. You can also find us on Ko-fi, where you can go to make a very small donation to help us keep making this incredible podcast. That link is in our description and all over Twitter. And you can find us on social media at The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. Or you can find us separately because Brian doesn't believe in my dreams at Flynn B and at Kenneth Trent. Who's the wild man now? That's what John Favreau screams at the end. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. with college. I'm going to be Colonel Sanders. You can't be Colonel Sanders. You're Rudy.